Well, hi, and welcome back to the Leadership Podcast. It's great to have you with us. I am here today with Ed once again for the second of our Leadership Lessons of this series. First of all, Ed, you've had a bit of a crazy start to the day. How has your day been going? Tell us a bit what's been happening. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Tim. We, um, we had a little trip to A&E this morning with my daughter, who is... Um, uh, asthmatic uh fortunately she's fine and back uh, but yes it's uh it's rather throwing a spanner in the works for the preparations for this recording so um but we thought we'd go ahead with it anyway and um see what happens yeah and i think the thing i love about these conversations they are meant to be just conversations and for our listeners we want you to join in that conversation it's not just fred and i just a natural way and fill your time uh but we want to learn together and we had a great um session last time with deborah green who brought so much to us and um, we would love to kind of hear your thoughts your contribution uh, we've got a few things we've picked up ed as we re-listen to that uh, recording uh, any comments before we play the first clip well i was really inspired by it especially you know what she said on um prayer on partnership which we're going to talk a little bit more about and also on you know her calls on about women and leadership like, uh, that's so important and for me personally i love the scale of deborah's thinking she doesn't think small. She just thinks, why can't you fill a velodrome with thousands of people praying and invite all the chief constables? I mean, she invited 20 and nine turned up. I'm like, who, who gets nine chief constables at their event? Yeah. I love her big thinking. That's a challenge to all of us. You lead anything. Can we think bigger than our natural? Yeah. They mean naturally would. So, Ed, uh, we've got a clip ready to go. Let's have a listen to this. And what we're really trying to do with the conversation is get everybody together under one roof. And that in and of itself is an outcome because people haven't met each other before. There isn't sometimes we hear people say lots of good things going on, but it's not really connected. The, you know, we have it's not joined up. There's duplication, there's competition. So get people together and under one roof celebrate the good things that are happening in community and that's massively important and thank people for what they're doing and it's such a positive atmosphere when we do that. Sim, working in partnership so crucial I think especially more so now um, now we're living in a post-Covid world can we call it that? I'm it seems sure like most of the world post. has moved into a post-Covid I don't know whether Covid has but anyway <laughs> um, there we go now we're living I think we learn a lot about it through Covid is what I'm trying to trying to say what's your experience been of working in partnership with other organizations and um, has that changed at all actually over the last 18 months yeah do, do you know what? that's a really great comment because I think I don't you but my looking back is that when we first hit the pandemic partnership working increased we all realized we needed each other we reached out more we clapped the nhs we helped our neighbors with their shopping we were like a beautiful society weren't we we, we were help i know lots of my church leader friends were reaching out to each other and saying help how do you do online church what software are you using you know what equipment are you buying and we were sharing stories and we were partnering and you know we were working our food bank was working with local agencies and we were just partnering like really, really well. It, honestly, it was stunning. I remember thinking this is how it should be. And then that came that moment, probably about a year later where we're sort of coming out and everyone's like, right, I'm now on my track again. I've got my plans to sort out my programs. And it did feel like we'd almost just, I don't know, just moved on very quickly. That That's just my perception. Um, but I do think when, when partnership works right, 
it is amazing. Uh, you, you know, we know that in the body of Christ, we know that when, you know, we work together, as Paul talks about that image of the body of Christ, you know, one person's a hand, one person's an eye, we work together in, in the same way that when we work with other organizations or people with other skills, I think the richness of humanity always means we get a better result. Mm. And, and, I, and I love what Deborah is doing there where she's working with, in her case, normally with rock and the police is such a great thing. Mm. Um, do you think um, it's what are the important things when it comes to partnership is is having a shared vision or values, um, you know, because sometimes you can look at the police force and go, oh, well, I'm not sure I would choose to partner with them as a church or, you know, that, that kind of thing. I, I, I don't know whether we do share the same kind of values. Yeah. Is, is that are those kind of things crucial to partnership? I would say um, what's crucial isn't necessarily having the same vision. What's crucial is making sure you understand one another's vision. So what's really important is to sit in a room with each other and say, explain to me why you do what you do, what it is you're trying to achieve. Because the, the, what often happens or can happen is two people partner and they create you know, some sort of agreement with a misunderstanding of what's going to be achieved. That's the worst case. So it's not about having a shared vision, but it's about understanding what's the bit that you're trying to achieve What's the bit I'm trying to achieve and how can we find the overlap? Because if I can do the vision of, of the police service, we don't need the police service. Hmm. But, but the bit I can do is I could maybe help with providing street pastors as part of the police vision for their community. So I can help do a piece of it, but I won't be able to do the whole of it. And likewise, they can't do some of the stuff that we would do, but maybe we can help with providing some facilities or, you know, help providing some training spaces or, you know, there could be different things we could do in that sort of analogy. But for me, it's about finding the overlap. What's the bit where our two separate visions and separate reasons overlap, mm -hmm. especially in the area of faith? I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I imagine, well, of course, for most churches, most people listening out there, there's going to be a very strong piece of their why, which is because of their faith. That's why we do this X, Y, Z, whatever it is they're trying to trying to do, and which they might not find in another partner organization. But that, like you say, those overlaps you were mentioning just before we started recording, actually, about um, about the the building projects that you're you're working on with your church at the moment. So share a little bit about that and how those overlaps have really worked out for you. Yeah, I think that's really important. So we're, we're in the middle of a building program and anyone who's been through that will understand some of the challenges. We're, in, we're trying to go through a planning process and we're working really hard at the moment at trying to engage with our community, understand the needs that they have. How do we serve the needs for our community? So, so our building program is something they want, but at the same time, ensuring that we don't end up with a building that everybody wants that we don't. <laughs> so it's really important to understand one another. So I've sat in various council meetings and various different boards and understanding and working with other local organizations that have buildings in the near vicinity and saying, how do we share our understanding, recognizing that we're not the same? Um, I wouldn't be expecting my local council to be providing, you know, re religious ceremonies or Christian ceremonies for, you know, people in our community, but, you know, they wouldn't be expecting me to be providing, you know, kind of uh, gardening for, you know, lo the local housing estate either. And so how do we make sure we understand one another, what we can do? And it is about communication. It's about sitting down, having the conversation. I love when Deborah was talking about rock. She talked about, um, do you remember this kind of like uh, line, this kind of washing line? 
and people would peg on the washing line the different things they could contribute and you know and she was to almost practical yeah. resources and different uh, sort of things you could offer whether it's a facility or whether it's some equipment or whether it's you know a, a resource of people man hours uh, you know no longer required items um, excess stationery whatever it might be and she said they put it on a washing line everyone sort of helps themselves and says oh I, I could do with that I, I think for me that is important that's helpful but I think it's understanding the why like you say beforehand rather than just what stuff can we share mm. uh, be, because you don't want to end up sharing a, a facility with somebody who doesn't understand your values and then start doing some activity that actually comes in you know jeopardizes what you're about and I think mm. as people of faith and as a Christian, it's really important, you know, the Bible talks about being unequally yoked. And I know we often do that in youth work, talking about, you know, Christian and non-Christian boyfriend, girlfriends. But I think it's so much more than that. I think it's about the the yoke is about the, what does Jesus put on us as followers of Jesus and the way we walk, to walk in his way. Well, if we've got, if we're partnering with somebody who does not walk in the way of Jesus, then we're going to end up at the point where we're going to start sort of our ways will separate and we'll find ourselves struggling to work together. And so to understand what's the part that we can contribute on uh, and what's the part that we have to say thanks, but no thanks. Um, so, for instance, I've got friends of mine at a church on the south coast that they run the local youth service. And so they, they've taken on the responsibility of running the local youth work and some of their youth staff oversee the projects and activities but they're very clearly, they're not Christian youth projects. They're run by members of the staff. They're run with, you know, the council kind of requirements and, and processes. And although the church is very clearly a Christian organization, it's, it's overseeing this project and understanding we won't proselytize. We won't, you know, misuse our position, but please don't expect us to pretend we're not Christians either. Please don't, mm. you know, so I think it has to work both ways. And, and probably 20 years ago when I sort of first started doing kind of community work, being a Christian was really hard work. People were very suspicious. I think now, maybe because of challenges on budgets, people now approach the church more often and saying, could you help? Um, could you help? And um, could you get involved? And, you know, we know that the church will help us if we ask. And I think with people like Cinema Network, we heard last month, didn't we, from Mike and all the work that those guys are doing uh, from TLG, which we've got next month coming up and working together in partnership with other agencies is a great way of working once we understand each other. Mm. That's, yeah, that's really interesting. I did some work uh, through the pandemic with an organization called Your Neighbor, um, which uh, one, of, one of what the things they're trying to do is help the church, particularly engage with local government. Um, so how do you, you approach your local council and offer support and services, uh, you know, especially around the pandemic, but, but ongoing as well? And one of the things we always used to say is when we're going to speak to our MPs or our local council or, you know, whoever it is, bring a solution. All those people are so often kind of like, you know, used to hearing complaints and this doesn't work like it should. And like, but, you know, it's really powerful from the church's point of view to say, well, do you know what? We're actually quite good at doing this. We've, we've had practice whether it's doing youth work or debt relief or whatever it is you know within our church we could do more of that for this area and going with those solutions is a really powerful thing when it comes to forming a partnership as well yeah, yeah. 
No, I, I think that's that's really important. And I love the fact that your neighbor, I mean, they were putting out thousands of meals. I mean, it was an incredible work. And it's not just partnership with agencies, but partnership with churches across churches. And I think the one thing we can do, sometimes as churches, we don't like to get together for our worship services. We've got different styles and approaches. You know, our liturgy can be different. Our, even our theology can be slightly different. But the thing we can agree on often is around the area of prayer and justice. You know, we, we may not be able to do everything together. We may have different reasons for that, maybe good reasons for that, but we can still pray for our community. We can still do good and help those. We can still love our neighbor as ourselves. And I thought love uh, your neighbor, you mentioned earlier, I thought that was a great model of the churches working together. And so more of those, please. <laughs> the other thing that um, was really interesting from Deborah's chat, which you actually just kind of remind me of there was, this whole um balance between prayer on one side and action on the other side and how you know she's she said this 75 percent reduction in in antisocial behavior in bolton comes down to their prayer a prayer for the police and against crime there's always that and prayer works we know prayer works and we truly believe that and but then so often there's a rush to action isn't there or you know there's oh yeah we've prayed now we can go out <laughs> yeah or the flip side which is oh we'll just pray about that and then nothing happens kind of thing well yeah. how do we tread that line as as leaders as yeah. well what's what's your yeah. advice on that ah uh, this, this i thought it was beautiful because what when deborah said that i mean she made that i think i read that quote too about the 75 percent, and and she said well that's that's one of our best quotes but normally it's about 40 percent I'm like going, you know, even a 40% reduction is an incredible statement to wave under the nose of any police force or local council. And, and you're absolutely right. The, the, the piece around prayer is so important. And I think sometimes, and I think there's a lot to do with how we're wired as, as, as individuals, as, as, as Christians. I think some of us, we just slap a prayer on it and off we go. Or, or we just go and we pray as we go. And I think it's really important we pray before we go. And then we pray while we go and we pray after. And I think, you know, it is faith and works, James reminds us. And it's both and. But I love the story of Nehemiah, where in the story of Nehemiah, he hears about the problem. He hears about the problem in Jerusalem. There's a problem that needs to be fixed. And what does he do? He prays. In fact, it says in Nehemiah 1 and 2, he prays for weeks, if not months, they say. And so he prays and then there comes a moment in front of the king when the king says, oh, why are you so sad? And he's then it says he prays again. But the prayer he prays again, there's some sort of arrow prayer. I don't think he went on his knees and started kind of, you know, like shaking and rocking backwards and forwards. I think he just prayed a quick internal prayer. God of the God who I've been praying to for months. Now is the moment. Please, will you, you know, use my voice? And he speaks and he asks and for the favor of the king and he gets blessed and off he goes. So he he prays before for some time. Then the moment arrives, he prays during, then off he heads to Jerusalem and they rebuild the walls. And it's the most incredible story. It's a leadership story, really, an administration story where he gets all these different organizations to work together, including the priests. The priests get their hands dirty and mm. they rebuild the walls in 52 days. But it started with prayer. It had prayer in the middle and kept on prayer. You know, it was such an important part. And I, I, I think... I think Deborah mentioned that story in passing, but I think that's where it's so important. It's, it's both and. And typically I find in church life is that people either want to be an activist, they just want to do things, or they're a bit more like, can we just pray about that? And they seem to be almost a little bit one or the other. 
I have some people in my church who would love to pray every day forever and they're incredible, mm. but they don't really, they're not trying rude. They just, they, they wouldn't really want to kind of pick stuff up and do things. Other people, they will work like Trojans all day long. They will litter pick the whole neighborhood. They will feed the homeless. You know, they will just go, wow. And you say, should we just pray? And they're like, really, can we not get on with this? Yeah. And I'm exaggerating to make the point, but there, there tends to be a, almost a preferred style. We need each other, as we've been saying the whole of this conversation, um, but it is both and. And I think when we, when we forget prayer, we forget who we are and whose we are. Yeah, it's, it's not a wrong thing to do nice things and help our neighbors. Absolutely. But we want to be people who are walking the way of Jesus and starting with the question, God, what do you want me to do here? Rather than just keep ourselves busy. Yeah. Yeah, I really love that idea that, you know, they go hand in hand, don't they? Prayer and action. And um, you, know, you said at the beginning of that, well, we should pray before we do it and while we do it and after we do it. As, and that's that's just life, right? Yep. And um, yep. God is going to move through us and he will move through us even more so if we tell him about it um and so yeah that that was super inspiring for me and deborah's book as well um mountain moving prayer i've started to read that too um since she um since she came on our podcast and that's all about that you know her idea of well of course you know god wants to speak into our own personal lives but he's not just going to stop there like you know we need to pray for transformation uh, of the lives and society around us too so yeah it's it's good stuff um, yeah. and uh, yeah mountain moving prayer deborah green excellent and and just one last thought before we sort of wrap this up is the piece you mentioned around family and leadership oh yeah and i i'm just like going i think that is the ongoing challenge of every leader to get the balance right and, and i just thought and i and i admire the way Deborah, Deborah's got a beautiful family I was in a conference last week and her son was fully involved in leading the conference and participating and 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 that's because she's sown the seeds and, and I know she sort of pushed back when I admired the way she has led her family and she's like well I don't think I've, they would always agree with you and I get that as a parent and I've got older children who've often felt like I've made decisions that's been you know in favor of my organization the church whatever I've been leading rather than their time and I think that's always going to be a, you know, a paradox of, of getting that right. Uh, but I would say this as a, as a dad, I would say my time with my children should always trump my time with running any organization. And however important we think we are, and I know I'm preaching and my family, if they listen to this, will tell me off and go, yeah, well, you know, you should live that. But I'm telling myself, because I want other people to know this, is that if there's ever a, a dilemma do i do what my organization needs or do i do what my family needs your family should win every single time because you're not the only person who can do what you think you can do but you are the only parent to your child the only you know husband or wife to your spouse the only you know child to your parents that need looking after so whatever it is i think they should always have priority and they should always know they have priority and i and i probably have well i've got loads of stories of regret i could share um, but I think, you know, one day I'm going to have to, you know, answer for the decisions I've made and uh, being a successful leader, I don't think is top of the list of, of what I've done in, in my life so far. I think being a, a good parent, a good husband is much more important would be my takeaway. Mm. And, and probably I'm preaching to myself here, but I'm seeing a bit of nodding going on there, Ed. And <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that and for being vulnerable as well and saying, look, you know, there are actually times where I've got this wrong and regret. And, and I think everyone gets it wrong and you have to find your own balance. But yeah, you know, in terms of priorities, of course, the work that God has called us to is, is, is up there, isn't it? But, you know, you've got one family um, and your spouse <laughs> um has to take priority and then your children and they're only going to have those football matches once and those goal when they score the winning goal once and if you're not there yep yeah that's right it's not just them that's going to suffer too um so yeah thank you for for sharing that and uh well that probably brings us back to uh, the start of this conversation which was about my daughter going to hospital today so i had to drop things to make sure that uh you know <laughs> that was all done um but i think uh, that was probably the right decision that was always the right decision. Absolutely. Uh, good move, Ed. I can say that as a, <laughs> as a slightly, you know, more experienced dad, uh, maybe not to say better, but definitely more. Yeah, my kids are a bit older. I guess that's what I could say. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. There's a whole other conversation around parenting. I'm sure we could have at some point. Uh, thank you so much, Ed, for your time today. It's always good to hang out with you and spend time. I hope your daughter feels better soon. Uh, thank you to our listeners so, so much for listening. Uh, please do check out our website, uh, theleadershippodcast.uk. Loads more information, the resources, the book, um, Mountain Moving Prayer that Ed mentioned will be on there as well. Please do keep in touch. Send us your thoughts and your questions. We really love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. <laughs>